Today's show is sponsored by Datadog, a cloud-scale monitoring platform that unifies metrics, logs, and traces from technologies like Istio, AppMesh, and Envoy. Plus, Datadog's service map automatically plots out the dependencies in your microservices architectures for seamless, context-rich troubleshooting. With rich visualizations, algorithmic alerting, and more than 250 vendor-supported integrations, Datadog allows you to monitor your distributed applications in real time. Start a free 14-day trial today by visiting datadog.com cloudcast, and Datadog will send you a great free t-shirt. That's datadog.com cloudcast. Cloudcast Media presents, from the massive studios in Raleigh, North Carolina, this is the Cloudcast with Aaron Delb and Brian Gracely, bringing you the best of cloud computing from around the world. Good morning, good evening, wherever you are, and welcome back to the Cloudcast. We are coming to you live from the massive Cloudcast studios here in Raleigh, North Carolina. Hope everybody is doing well. Last week of April, uh, weather's starting to get better, and uh, hopefully everybody's having a uh, you know, good week. And uh, let's dive right into Cloud News of the Week, kind of a, another hodgepodge week. Uh, we are beginning to see some events start to happen. Uh, this week was Red Hat Summit. Also, KubeCon will be next week, so we'll take a look for uh, for those news and notes that are coming out of those events. Um, as we dive into Cloud News of the Week, kind of like I said, uh, a little bit of this, a little bit of that. Uh, let's start with... Uh, Gartner came out with their projections for 2021. Uh, they are projecting public cloud growth of 23% in 2021, up to $330 billion uh, in, uh, in overall spend, and then combined uh, overall IT spending around $4.1 trillion. So, uh, you know, cloud still less than uh, 10% of overall IT spending, and, uh, you know, hence the reason why we're seeing so much talk about, you know, public multiple clouds, hybrid cloud, multi-cloud, and all those sorts of things, again, because uh, still a lot of investment uh, going on in the data center, but then also a lot of investment happening in public clouds. Uh, on the acquisition front, because it wouldn't be a Cloud News of the Week without some sort of acquisition happening, uh, former uh, guest of the show and sponsor of the show, Rapid7, acquired open source cybersecurity monitoring platform Velociraptor, uh, so gets them into endpoint security and a number of different uh, posture management. So uh, another acquisition in the security space, we continue to see that be hot and uh, lots of acquisitions around security. And then finally, uh, both Lyft and Uber have now officially drop their plans to create autonomous driving vehicles or autonomous driving technology on their own. Um, I think both the pandemic year and then uh, just some, uh, you know, things going on around the laws and everything around how they operate their businesses, uh, you know, forced them to sort of realize that that sort of investment, while it was very long term and and could uh, significantly impact their business, it was just not something that either one of them could could sustain. Uh, Lyft recently sold off their division to uh, to Toyota. So, you know, I think it makes more sense to see that autonomous driving embedded into the vehicles, run by the via, the companies themselves. Uh, we may still see people like Google, who has you know enormous pockets, or Apple, or somebody else, uh, you know, deep, deep pockets, deep profitability, uh, investing in this space. We're beginning to see the the Lyfts and the Ubers, uh, you know, really kind of diversify more into um, you know food delivery and, and other things like that. So interesting to kind of watch the trends around uh, you know some of those leading companies out of Silicon Valley and. Uh, investments they make and investments they have to eventually write off. So with that, I'm going to wrap up Cloud News of the Week. Uh, we have an interesting guest this week. And I, before I even get to it, uh, I need to apologize because anybody who who knows uh, knows I am historically bad at pronouncing names, uh, even the most simplest names. And this one, uh, while I, I had it written down on the card, I did then go ahead and pronounce it extremely bad. And I want to apologize. So uh, on our show this week, uh, right after the break, we're going to talk to 
uh, Haki Nosiainen, who is the CTO and founder of Ivan, a company that uh, is delivering uh, open source uh, technology as managed services in the cloud. So it was an exciting conversation, a fun conversation to dig into how they're delivering it, uh, how they think about this marketplace. So, But I wanted to upfront apologize uh, to Haki for uh, just terribly mispronouncing his name when we did the interview. So uh, with that, we will get to that interview right after the break. Today's show is sponsored by CBT Nuggets. We know that Cloudcast listeners are curious about technologies, but how are you really learning to master the technologies needed to be a cloud expert? You know, when Aaron and I got started, we had to buy books, set up labs, find experts, and then hope something didn't crash. CBT Nuggets makes it easy to either get hands-on skills or get certified with the latest cloud technologies. Whether it's AWS, Azure, cloud automation, security, or app dev, CBT Nuggets has you covered. What I really liked about CBT Nuggets is the online instructors are both knowledgeable and they keep it interesting. Their courses have built-in test questions, virtual coaching to help plan your certification path, and I can always jump into a virtual lab to get hands-on at any time. Check it out at cbtnuggets.com cloudcast to sign up for a free learner account. This unlocks tons of great training, and you'll be entered into a drawing for a free six-month premium subscription. That's cbtnuggets.com cloudcast. Today's show is sponsored by Okta, the leading independent identity solution. Okta provides best-in-class authorization so your customers and workforce can safely access what they need most right when they need it from anywhere. Organizations around the world trust Okta's identity cloud to sign in, authorize, and manage users, whether it's employees, contractors, partners, or customers. And with Okta's developer tools, you'll never have to build authentication again. Our customizable code blocks are flexible and future-proof with easy-to-use APIs and SDKs, so you can do less coding and more shipping. Okta is dedicated to building the most reliable, neutral identity platform because it means protecting more than a login. Identity is protecting people, their ideas, their work, their brilliance. It's protecting your future with confidence. Learn more at okta.com. That's O K. T-A.com. And we're back. And folks, you know, obviously, if you're listening to the show, you're a fan of the cloud, uh, you know, in many cases, you and what you're doing at your company or what you're doing in terms of your interest uh, is obviously in in multiple clouds and multiple technologies. And and obviously, the, the data space around what, what's able to be offered in the cloud is, is beginning to expand like crazy. And so, you know, we find that a lot of the companies that we talk to, a lot of the people that we talk to are really trying to figure out the right balance between, you know, when should I be looking for innovation from a vendor versus innovation from open source? You're trying to sort out, you know, uh, as I go to the cloud, which cloud do I pick? And if I make choices, do they lock me in or do they, you know, sort of give me flexibility? And today we're going to talk about, uh, you know, how do we really best harness what's going on in the open source space around innovation and around multi-cloud and so forth, and really um, some new ways to be able to take advantage of them. So really excited to have uh, Haki Nosiainen, who is founder and CTO of Avian, and excited to have you on today. Uh, Haki, welcome to the show. Thank you, Brian. And Pleasure I, to be here. And I apologize. I, I guarantee, even though we talked about it beforehand, I probably butchered your name, so my apologies. Um, you are in uh, one of my favorite cities. You're in Finland. Uh, you're in uh, you're in Helsinki, which is just a, a beautiful part of the world. Before we dive into to the work that you're doing, which is is really interesting to me, and I, I, I almost feel bad because we weren't covering you guys 
a couple of years ago. But give us a little bit of your background. Um, obviously, you're you're a technologist. You've you've worked out a lot of these things. You're now running this very successful business. You guys just took a, a hundred million dollar round of C uh, of C round of, of funding. But give us a little bit of your background before we uh, before we dive into the company and, and what you're doing around open source. Yeah, sure. I'd love to. So, indeed, my name is Heikin Ozenen. I'm CTO at Ivan. Um, I've been engineer all my career and uh, kind of before um, uh, launching uh, launching Ivan with my co-founders, I was working in a software company. The latest post was uh, indeed driving kind of cloud adoption and, and DevOps in general uh, to uh, make teams work faster and, and, and be more productive. Uh, bring happiness to the development Great. world. Uh, I've always been uh, uh, or always used a lot of open source just be so because of the business flexibility it being available immediately you can get started. And that was a kind of uh, quite natural then bridge to our realization that uh, a lot of uh, people are moving into cloud and a lot of people are, are wanting to uh, do these faster uh, DevOps uh, cycles. Mm-hmm. Uh, and uh, get to get to work faster. Yeah, no, it's that that's great. And and uh, you know the the way I I would summarize it, and I'd love to kind of you know dig into it is, um, you know when I when I look at Ivan, it it allows me to you know as a as a developer as a as a company be able and to go and say uh, I would like to consume um, really the most popular and, and oftentimes the most pop uh, powerful you know, sort of data-centric, streaming-centric open source projects. So things like Kafka and Cassandra, Elasticsearch, um, some of the MySQL post, uh, post, Postgres databases as a service. So I can get sort of the power of the innovation of, of what's going on in open source. And you deliver those as a service on top of all the major clouds. So whether it's AWS, Azure, Google, DigitalOcean, UpCloud, um, that's a pretty huge undertaking. I, I you know, I want to kind of dig into it, but um, you know, what, what sort of, um, you know, brought you to the ability to deliver all these capabilities. That's, that's, you know, it seems like an amazing SRE team to be able to deliver all those services on all the different clouds. Yes. Yes. So we have a bit of history on, on, uh, so let me just maybe go to in a bit of history. Yeah. Ivan, we really started with the mission that we wanted to bring these great, uh, open source data technologies as services to developers, uh, enable developers to get started in, in kind of matter of minutes and uh, focus on building applications instead of setting up infrastructure and worrying how that works in, say, quote unquote, uh, unreliable cloud, if you will. Yeah. Uh, so we wanted to bring these these technologies ready available. And when we started, it was a four, four people found, uh, founding team. Mm-hmm. and we kind of set out that we want to automate all this. This is the only only way that we can we can scale these operations. So it's it's indeed our software product is is what uh, keeps these services uh, up and running, provision, from provisioning to monitoring to ensuring that any faults are automatically corrected and so forth. Yeah. So you know, walk me through the basics. A customer says. Um, you know, I want to engage with Ivan. I like uh, this service, for example. I want to, you know, set up a, a Kafka service. What's the uh, what's the engagement model like? How much do they have to know about the underlying cloud where they're working at? Uh, you know, how does your team engage with them? Kind of walk me through what the experience is like from day one and then, you know, day six hundred or something. Yes. 
So most of our customers are uh, self-service customers. Yeah. Uh, um, they they probably they know the technology, uh, Postgres uh, have have been using it, or or then are kind of looking at Kafka. It's an interesting technology, but don't have necessarily the skills to set it up and sure. uh, keep running. Uh, so we have a self-service portal where these services can be deployed on any of our supported clouds and regions, typically. And to co-locate the services with uh, the other um, environment that the customer is running or workload our customers are running. And then it's uh, it's kind of create a service in a couple of minutes is up and running. You get an endpoint address and, and some user usage credentials that you can then plug into your application and get started immediately. Yeah. No, I, I loved I loved just kind of poking around on the website because it was it really was that simple. It was here's the service I want, here's the cloud I want, here's the region I want, and you know a dozen or so different offerings in terms of small, medium, and large. And here's the estimated price. You know, it was sort of everything that you'd want in terms of saying, I want the cloud to be simple. I like these open source technologies. Um, and then I like the fact that that you you have the flexibility to say, hey, if if I already have an existing billing relationship with some cloud, I can sort of bring my own bill or bring my own cloud. I, you know, was that something that you originally did or was that something that, that you had to evolve as you worked with different, uh, uh, different customers? So, so that's something that we've, we've evolved. So we, we all, obviously we want to help our customers to be successful. So we keep, uh, keep an uh, ear open for, for their issues as well. But we, we have indeed, we, we put a lot of emphasis on making it easy and kind of making it easy to try these things. There are no long-term commitments that you need to make, but rather you can spin them up and try them out and see if they work. Uh, similarly, we've put a lot of emphasis, emphasize that you can, uh, adjust maybe size of your your service if, if your usage grows or vice versa if the usage is not what is expected then uh, 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 downgrade a service and we wanted to make that just as easy as possible for for our users yeah and and I would assume uh, you know sort of things like upgrades and new new version of uh, of the upstream project comes out how long does it typically take you to um you know, to be able to, to make that an offer to somebody? Um, do you give them the flexibility of choosing a version? How, how do they sort of manage the, the day two uh, interactions? So it's a managed service. So we definitely keep um, uh, or take care of things like applying software security patches and, and uh, other important bits. But uh, or maybe, or we let our customers then uh, decide on the schedule when we do ma major version upgrades. That's probably the point where we, we uh, give the, the power uh, and the control to their users. Right. And we try to track the upstream projects as, as quickly as possible. So we are of, often, um, depending a little bit on the service types, but we follow Postgres and Kafka, for example, quite, quite uh, speedily because there's just so much uh, happening in that space as well. Right. Um, I, I'm curious, you know, the the interaction with the cloud always has some sort of, um, you know, sort of mode of, of shared responsibility, right? It's, uh, you know, Amazon's got a document and sort of says, this is what we do and different cloud providers. I, I'm curious how you guys think about that shared responsibility model, because not only do you offer, uh, you know, a number of things as managed services, but then you also offer integrations. So you offer logging integrations and uh, authentication integrations, monitoring. Like, how do you tend to think about 
you know, where the Ivan services stop or the integration stop and, and the customer, you know, customer sort of takes over responsibility. How, how does that work? Um, you know, how does that, how has that sort of evolved over time? No, no. So it's, it, it is indeed, we have a similar, similar view on, on the shared responsibility model as the cloud providers that uh, we want to take care of the uh, infrastructure uh, up to a, a certain levels. We ensure uh, data is always uh, stored uh, in a in a manner that it's resistance to failures and it's encrypted, it's it's protected in, in transit. Uh, the boundary for us is typically on the application level. So if, if we talk about Bosch uh, Kafka, it would be then the customer can uh, set up their topics and a number of partitions as they best see fit. And then perhaps our responsibility is, is making sure that uh, those partitions, for example, are replicated in a manner that spans multiple availability zones for redundancy and, and that sort of things. Yeah. And then, and then how do you think about data, sort of who's responsible for data? Do you, do you include sort of backing up and, and, and sort of, you know, backup and disaster recovery as part of the service that you offer? Is that the customer's responsibility or is that sort of a shared model as well? Uh, yes, yes. So, so our services also include backups and, and uh, disaster recovery capability. But at the same token, I, I think you know, we consider always the data is a, is a, is a uh, uh, or or our users and customers they they own all all the rights to the data. So right. uh, kind of a, a full life cycle. But definitely, we can help in in ensuring backups and making sure that it's uh, data remains available. Yeah, and it's obviously we've seen the the cloud sort of evolving in that direction. Um, you know, there's a there's a pretty broad set of services that that you guys offer today. Um, obviously, and I mentioned at sort of the top of the show. Uh, you know, the company just took a a very significant round of funding. I assume you know there's there's expansions both in terms of the business, but also you know what are some of the the next services that that you may have on your radar that that people are asking for or that you may see yourself uh, you know look to expand into is it is it a, a a broader set of services is it cross cloud capabilities where where do you see it going well I, I think we kind of follow and track interesting open source uh, technologies because there's a lot of innovation happening in the open source space so it's an interesting field um, the the maybe three technologies I can mention by by name already is uh, m3 the mm -hmm. time series database coming out from uber really exciting technology in in, in terms of providing um, uh, kind of time series database in a scale and in, in a di distributed manner um, uh, Kind of, uh, or just for the scale of of of, of uh, data that we can capture and, and manage. Uh, Abash Flink is something that we are uh, looking to uh, bring out uh, this year, and that would then bring more of a stream processing capability. So, kind of complement the Kafka offering where you have uh, data uh, data flows and streams of data uh, flowing through, but now you could include some some processing along the way. Yep. And then also we're looking at uh, ClickHouse um, analytical database um, coming out from Yandex. That is, is uh, promising in, in kind of for, for analytical uh, workloads where you have a, uh, a lot of uh, data that you want to, want to process and analyze. Yeah. No, those are, those are great. I mean, I, I you know, I, I can see sort of, 
you know, sort of the immediate use cases for those in terms of whether they are IoT types of use cases, you know, um, you know, it, it could be, you know, in government sector, energy sector, lots of different things. But obviously, uh, you guys have, you know, built a, a strong foundation on, uh, you know, data centric services, analytic services. So yeah, it makes sense to, um, you know, allow people to do uh, sort of collect data, uh, take action on data, manage data in whatever way is makes the most sense for them, whether it's streaming, time series, uh, SQL, no SQL. Um, that's exciting to see that that continue to expand. And, um, you know, I, I can imagine, um, you know, having to be able to keep up with that skill set is, is challenging. Is the team fundamentally based uh, around, you know, around Helsinki and Finland? Or is the team spread out so that you can attract uh, talent uh, from all over the world? So we are we we have now a global team. So Helsinki is, is obviously our headquarters, but we have another um, development office in Berlin. We have operational offices in uh, with uh, SRE capability in, in Sydney, Australia, and in Toronto, and we're going to continuously expanding expanding as well. Um, I think that the skills are in such a high demand that right. everyone needs needs to go global. Uh, right. Well, and and in those areas, you know, uh, Sydney, Toronto, Helsinki, you know, uh, are really technology hotbeds for people that that don't, you know, always follow what's going on. I mean, there's there is a ton of really good talent in in all of those places, uh, Berlin as well. So, um, you know, I'm sure that the team continues to to grow, you know, with with really really good talent. Um, I'm curious, uh, you know, how much do you see customers asking you? Obviously, you know, if I go to the site. Um, you know, typically I'm going to choose a, a, a cloud provider. Are you beginning to see customers ask you for ways to do things across multiple clouds, you know, where, uh, you know, they need to run a service in one location versus another, you know, one, one cloud provider versus another for regulatory reasons, or, you know, they, they worry about it for competitive reasons. Have you reached that stage where people are asking for that? Or is that still kind of a, a low hanging, you know, kind of a low priority type of thing? Uh, we see some of it, and it's kind of interesting, so kind of given how much uh, talk there has been on on multi-cloud support. But we are indeed seeing some cases of that coming, and either it comes indeed from uh, 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 kind of disaster recovery capabilities that you want to run a, a copy of your database in another cloud altogether, or replica, or then uh, sometimes. Uh, the, the regional coverage is not all the same. So you might have a Kafka cluster where you want to uh, then export or, or, or stream data or replicate data to a different cloud provider that is in um, perhaps closer to a, a important customer segment. Mm. And then, then we're seeing um, some cases where, where there are larger enterprises through uh, MA processes, they have teams that are using just different clouds and have been able to use a, a, a single pane of control uh, to to manage all those services is beneficial. Yeah, no, that makes that makes sense. Um, I was gonna I was gonna ask you, you know, you mentioned early on that uh, that a lot of your customers really are sort of self service driven. Do you see um, you know, what, what sort of patterns do you see in terms of, is it usually, you know, a small group within a customer gets started, they're successful, and then uh, larger groups come? Or do you see it sort of being sort of a lot of individual projects that come, you know, how, how do you see that typically across organizations? Is it, uh, do they tend to, um, you know, once one group is successful, a lot of them come, or do they tend to sort of be individual projects? 
Uh, it varies quite a lot, a lot from companies. I, I'd say that the typical is probably a, a team that is starting a new project that uh, then onboards and then maybe tells the other teams in the in the enterprise that this is uh, helpful. But we do have some great success from uh, internal uh, developer experience or IT departments that then serve their own own teams, uh, and there we we've seen some great success when. And having these open source services available has accelerated a lot of innovative process uh, projects in those organizations. Gotcha, gotcha. And I'm I'm curious. Um, you know, you guys the 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 challenge with with the cloud is is you know more and more. I mean, there's just so many services that are being offered. You guys have a, a very rich set of services. Um, you know, in, in different companies, you know, different industries, different companies are kind of trying to figure out the best way to, to take advantage of the cloud, whether they're, you know, a, a, they consider themselves a technology vendor. It could be somebody in financial services that wants to offer, you know, services within their industry. Do you have ways that, that different companies can partner with you such that, um, you know, in some cases, Ivan is sort of the, the front door, but in other cases, you're, you know, providing services that, that are behind somebody else sort of, uh, you know, enabling those services for a broader ecosystem. Are there? How, how do you think about partnering with with different you know different vendors, different companies, different parts of the ecosystem? I think we would be ha- happy to partner with. So we have some some great partnerships with uh, uh, the cloud providers, some great partnership with technology providers. We want to definitely continue continue on that one. Uh, similarly, that if there are system integrators that we can make make people's life easier then then we'd love to do that yeah. i think it goes on onto our core mission on bringing these great open source technologies to people and making making uh, the people successful in utilizing open source as kind of foundation on building applications yeah no i think it's i think it's great i i'm you know like i said i was i was excited to get a chance to talk to you because you know we're seeing so much innovation happen in open source um you know we're seeing some interesting um, sort of business dynamics, uh, you know, with people changing licensing, and it it creates some uncertainty for for customers as to, you know, where do they invest, where do they not invest, and so you know the approach that you guys are taking, which is, uh, you know, the 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 pure open source upstream from projects, uh, the flexibility of multiple clouds. I think you know the approach you're taking is is really really exciting. I'm I'm glad we get a chance to to talk about it. What are what are the best ways if if folks want to engage with uh, with the Ivan team, um, you know, beyond just sort of direct self service are there easy ways for them to get in touch with your your teams and and sort of talk through their problems uh, maybe prior to engaging with things yeah, definitely i would i would then recommend just visiting our, our website at ivan.io and then getting started there um uh it's kind of if, if i made a pitch a bit uh, there's always or we offer also kind of some evaluation trial period where you can go, go yourself, log in and try the services without any commitments as well. See if, if the service is something that could be helpful helpful to uh, to your your workloads. And and through that, then uh, uh, we are we're always there to help as well if we can do anything uh, for, for uh, to make yeah, your nice. next project. 
That's great. That's great. Listen, I, uh, I'm, I'm so thankful for your time. I, you're, it, it's late your time, so I want to be respectful. And uh, I, I appreciate not only educating us on this, but kind of you know, bringing uh, the focus that, that your team has around uh, enabling open source. For, you know, for me in my day job, I focus on open source. It, it's great to see it happening in the cloud providers as well. So with that, I'm going to wrap up. Um, Heike, thank you so much again for your time. Um, again, uh, founder and CTO at, at Ivan, Ivan.io. If you want to go check this out, it'll all be in the show notes for folks. But uh, uh, really excited to see, you know, as we've mentioned in previous shows, people that are making the cloud simpler, simpler to consume, um, all the great services that are that are driving business applications and making those easier uh, across multiple clouds. So again, thank you for your time, folks, as always. Um, you know, thank you for listening to the show. Thanks for telling a friend. I know we're continuing to see uh, growth around the world. And so we, we always appreciate you uh, helping us grow the community. So with that, for myself and for Aaron, uh, we want to thank, again, thank Heike for his time today. And we will talk to you next week. Thank you for listening to The Cloudcast. Please visit thecloudcast.net to find more shows, show notes, videos, and everything social media. 